Three, two, one. Welcome to the Dave of the Dog Trainer podcast, episode 80. Eight, zero. 80. Uh, here we are. Feels good. Doobie and I. Um, I am on my way to having no voice, but I'm going to keep it together for today before I start sounding like this. <laughs> Went to a concert last night. Yeah. Saw Amberlin at the Grog Shop. Big Amberlin fan. Second time ever seeing them. Played my favorite album front to back. It was sweet, but this morning, voice is a little scratchy. It's a little <laughs> scratchy. Yeah, for, for context for anybody, uh, his his wife was posting Instagram stories of him just going wild and ham last night. And I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a great podcast today. Yeah. You know what's funny is I don't... So so obviously, like, you know, you know this. You're, you're like this as well. Like, music is like everything. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's literally everything. Oh, yeah. Right? And I used to go to so many concerts mm-hmm. and... and you know, especially when I was playing in bands and stuff, and just had so much fun and this and that. But I feel like for a while I was getting like desensitized to going to concerts because I oh, went yeah. to so many. Yep. You know, I was going to a concert every week, right? Mm-hmm. And even bands that I loved, right? Because it was so accessible to go to shows and stuff like that. It's just like I would go and I would see them, and it was an awesome time. Yeah. And I would enjoy the experience and stuff like that. But it didn't like really hit me. You know what yeah, I mean? I know. Yep. I would say. The, the shows I've went to in the last couple of years, you know, especially when a lot of bands broke up over COVID, right? They weren't uh, touring, obviously, right? You you know, and then a lot of these bands that, like, so so Amberlin, for example, like, they played their final show, like, right before COVID, I think, and, like, you thought they were gone, then suddenly it's like, they're back, and, like, Bayside's one of my favorite bands I've seen twice since COVID. Um, whatever, all these things. Dude, it hits different now. Mm-hmm. And I don't go to them. You know what I mean? Like, I go to a couple a year, yeah. right? And when I go to them, it's like, I feel like I turn into a different human, you know? Yeah. Just like, it's just so cool. You yeah, know? it is. Um, I feel like, you know, after touring all for a few years, I, I couldn't do heavy music anymore, actually, for a while. I had to take a long, extended break. Mm-hmm. And then... uh I finally got around to a few heavy shows last year, and I was like, it was the same thing. I was like, oh, I got to get in the pit. <laughs> and, yeah. and then I was hurting for like three days because I yeah. shouldn't have done that. But, uh, yeah, it's like when you're there and you feel the, I don't know, just the, the sound wash over you, you know? It's, it's, it's a, to me, it's all about the energy of the fucking place you're in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like Bayside, for example, like the last couple times I've seen them, like, Everybody else was kind of the same, right? So pumped yeah. there. Everybody's fucking screaming the word. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. that connection, right? Yeah. There's something about it. Because like how many times do you get in your car, right? And you just, you put a song on, whatever, you know? It's like your favorite song. And it's like, you're just like sitting there like, fuck yeah, this is so cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you're in a room with all these people, right? That yeah. think the same thing. And the person that created it, who also, you know, especially like feeds off that energy yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. And it's just like, wow. It's, yeah. hard, it's hard to describe. Oh, yeah. You know? It really is. And it's interesting that some people don't get like that. You know what I mean? Some people it just is. like aren't really music people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they scare me. Yeah. Like I, I knew one of my best friends growing up, Todd Verbal. Yeah. He, uh, he did not listen to music at all. Yeah. He was just like, I don't find enjoyment in it. Yeah. I was like, or they get enjoyment out of it in a different way. Because like, yeah. like let's look at then something else. Like, like a lot of people that I, I feel like, and I could be wrong about this. I could be generalizing because I don't personally like this kind of music that much. But like a lot of the people that go to like country concerts or, you mm-hmm. know, radio hits, like you go see fucking 
Ariana Grande or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck or Justin Bieber, which listen, yeah. I'm I'm fans of that, right? I think it's yeah. cool and everything, but you listen to it in a different way, right? Yeah, you true. know, like it's like, yeah. not like you're getting so hyped up from it, you know? It's like some people do. I know, but it's just like it, <laughs> it feels different. It feels more like like I'm just like when I go to concerts like that, I'm just like enjoying myself. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice. This is cool, but the energy is just kind of here, you yeah. know? But then like I don't know, the type of music that like I just like grew up listening to and you did and stuff like that, whether it's the metal and the hard rock or whether it's like some of the pop punk stuff mm-hmm. or the more underground stuff, like there's just so much more power behind it. Yeah. No, and that true. experience at those shows is just so damn cool. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, like mainstream, I was like this close to getting Backstreet Boys tickets. Um, uh, a friend of mine has... He's got some family that works at Blossom. Yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, I don't really want to go to this, so do you want to go to this? And he's like, no, but he hit me up and one other person, and the other person got to it before yeah. I did. And I was like, fuck. That's funny. Backstreet Boys was the first concert I ever went to. What? Dude. Really? Was, yeah, get ready for this. So it was it was at Blossom also. Yeah. It was Backstreet Boys, the A-teens, <laughs> and Aaron Carter. Oh, my God. What a lineup. Right? Yeah, <laughs> dude. And I was I was so young that like it, I, I hardly even remember. I just remember I think it was Aaron Carter, if I'm not mistaken. They had this like giant like crystal ball thing that flew over like, you know, all the people in the in the <laughs> pavilion to the stage. And then he gets out of it. There was like smoke everywhere and oh stuff. And he God. gets out and he starts singing. Like, ah, candy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Have you have you seen him lately? <laughs> yeah, dude. So I've watched a couple of interviews recently yeah. with him, like talking like I guess him and his brother like hate each other now and yeah. like Yeah, he's got like a restraining order or something <laughs> yeah. on him. Yeah. Like he's like psycho, dude. Yeah. Like he was like popping off. I guess the one interview I watched, I and I don't know anything about Aaron Carter's life at this point, obviously, <laughs> but he kept saying, he's like, Yeah. I'm the number one biggest, uh, most searched person on Google or yeah. something like that right now. And like, and, and the guy that was interviewing him was like, yeah, that's not because you're like, the guy was kind of yeah. like being an asshole to him. Yeah. He's like, that's not because you're like super popular right now. He's like, that's because you went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody realized that you went crazy. Yeah. He did, he did a he did Steve-O's podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got to listen to that one because yeah, Steve-O, Steve-O does a good podcast, man. Yeah, and he he prods him on it. Like he's like, "So what's the thing with uh, your brother and some restraining order or something?" He's like, he's like, "Oh, dude, uh, it was all blown out of proportion. I wasn't being crazy. I just wanted to see my family." And he, like when he's talking about it, he gets like wild-eyed. I was like, that's why you have a restraining order, buddy. Eric Carter looks like he's just gonna like go and like stab somebody or something. Yeah, you got all those Blow like face tats and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His, yeah, his whole face is sunken in. Yeah, dude. It was, it was, you know, all those like it's sad, man. You get into like the like people that just got so famous at such a young age. Yeah, you all, know? all those Disney stars, man. They're they're all like so just like disconnected from reality. Oh they yeah, just have no clue what's going on. You, you literally like. Are are grown up in this bubble after that? Like, yeah. you know, you can't go to school because you have to like do these tours or the show. So yeah. you're getting homeschooled, and yeah, it's crazy. It's so interesting. Like that world is so so crazy when you really think about it. Like you look at like somebody like Justin Bieber's another one, right? Yeah. That's like been in and out of like almost going off the deep end and like going crazy and stuff. Yeah, and it's funny when you hear people like so like I'm a big John Mayer fan, obviously, yeah. right? And John talks about 
Justin Bieber a lot because I guess they're pretty close. And John mm-hmm. is like, he said, and I think it was on like Hot Ones or something like that. Yeah. John Mayer was like, yeah, I look at Justin Bieber like, you know, like like I need to like help like protect him kind of thing. You know, he's like got this like <laughs> pseudo like father figure yeah. to him and like. You know, like it, it, it looks like like a lot of people like that, like they either go off the deep end like Aaron Carter did if they don't have like the support from like people that are like actually level headed, yeah. but also in a place of fame. You know what I mean? Or they find those like people that kind of keep them grounded. Like yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Justin Bieber was hanging out with Kanye and that's probably not good for a while. Yeah. That's not the guy you want to keep saying. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. OK. I just remembered something that we needed to talk about. OK. Thor, Love oh, and Thunder. <laughs> we have to do this real yeah, quick. Of course we, we got time. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so 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 cut movie review by the David the Dog Trainer podcast featuring David and Josh. <laughs> now featuring Thor, Love and Thunder. All right, Ooh. I freaking loved it. I thought it was a great movie. <laughs> okay, I'm. I think this new wave of Marvel, like, so what is this? Phase five? I think they said. I think yeah. I think it's like phase five or something like that. I think they're crushing it with. Almost everything. Some of it, it started off slow because I think WandaVision was the first thing that came out, uh-huh. right? And I slept on that for a little bit before I started watching it. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was also one of the first things that came out with it, right? Falcon and the Winter Soldier was also a slow start. Like, I actually started watching that. Kate and I started watching it. We got like two episodes in. And then I actually stopped watching it. I was like, this is not that great right now. Yeah. Then it got significantly better, mm-hmm. right? Um. But, but they've been crushing it since. Like, the movies they've come out with so far, like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is another one that a lot of people shit on, which a- actually kind of shocked me a little bit because when I watched it, I was like, that movie was so freaking good, right? Like, like right. on par with, like, almost as good as how Spider-Man was. Like, I, in the theater, was like, this is a great, like, engaged the whole time, a great movie. You know well, what I mean? I think the problem is, is it followed after that Spider-Man movie. And that yeah. Spider-Man movie was, was just out of this world. Yeah, 11 out of 10. Dude, like, you know? yes. Hundred <laughs> percent. And and my only other thing with Doctor Strange is, I feel like they should have given it like another hour. Like I felt like there's some things that could have just fleshed out a little more in the storyline. But it was like we have all this. We're we're going through the multiverse, and yeah, you know, I, it just felt like they had to introduce this new person and everything. Yeah, but it yeah, was yeah. like they're like, oh, you only get two hours. I wish it would have been like the whole three-hour thing. Yeah, it could have been a super long movie for yeah, sure. That's the only... My I only thought it jumped point. right into the action and stuff, though. I mean, no, Pretty for much sure. the movie starts, he's at that wedding, and suddenly, yeah. like, what, America Chavez shows up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no. That it, monster it, they're fighting and stuff. Yeah. I thought it was great. And then the shit with Wanda, dude. Yeah. Wow, that movie's like a horror movie. It was crazy. Mm. Yeah, that was good. And that brings me to Thor. I loved Christian Bale. I get what you're going to say with this, because your critique with this is the same as everybody else I've talked to about it. I've talked to a lot of clients and (laughs) stuff about this who said that, like, the movie was good, right? Mm-hmm. But and, and I know you mentioned like the humor in it. I thought the movie was hilarious. I thought it was really good. But then you look at like Gore, Gore the God Butcher, right? Yeah. He was supposed to be this massive freaking villain. Like, yeah. like global level crisis, like huge big deal villain, yeah. right? And because the movie was so funny, it took away from like how dark of a villain he was. Yes. Right? Yeah. And... Devin, see, Thor is Devin's favorite, so maybe that's why she's favorite, dude. Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> are you kidding me? Dude, she he met... shouldn't be able to be like 
a lot. You know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't be able to be a human. <laughs> yeah. She got to meet him in, like, a Comic-Con. Oh, like, took the picture with him and everything. But uh, she she just hates it. Like, he goes, he's gone through all this character development. You know, he's lost his brother that he, he thinks right sure. now. You know, lost his father, lost pretty much his world. Yeah. You know, has lost the love of his life now. It's just... Mm. Like, all this character development, and then he, like, says he learns from it, and then he's still, like, kind of ditzy, you know? <laughs> well, he's just like, boom, door. That's yeah. that's how it felt a little bit, you know? Sure, sure. So there was a couple times, like, especially, like, okay, when she... Oh, I don't know. I don't want to, like, spoil it, but, you know... The, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoil when, this when is she, a review. Okay. When she, when she says, you know, she has cancer or whatever, oh, yeah, and they're yeah. just joking about it and everything, and I was like, I don't feel like she actually has stage four, like, cancer to me. Yeah. So I like some of the jokes. The one thing I really hated were those damn goats, okay? <laughs> the I, screaming yeah. goats. Ah! That was the funniest part. Dude, literally, it was, it was human screams. They're just like, ah... <laughs> It was funny until it was like, like, then they go into the shadow world and it's still, ah, I was like, come on, this is like the big buildup. And it's like, they got a goat screaming. I don't know. I, I, I do understand, right? I am, and from a, uh, if I were like a a comic book nerd and I read everything, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I wanted Marvel to just say so true to the story of like all of these characters and this and that. I probably would have been much more critical of it, but I mm-hmm. went into it just expecting to be enjoyed or not enjoyed to be expected to be entertained. Yeah. Which is exactly what I love. Dude, there was so much funny shit that happened in it. Those clips where they kept having the ax like come into the scene every time he would look <laughs> at the hammer, you know, you remember that, that one where he's like, he's like to the hammer to yeah. like see if he can get it. And then the ax where he's like, Oh, yeah. there you. Yeah. See, I, I like that. Yeah, I thought those were funny. It was just sometimes where it was like the super tense moments. Yeah. And then they just brought it back a little bit to, yeah. you know, they had like the, the funny stuff. Well, I think, you know, so I, every time I watch one of these Marvel movies, because I never saw any of the, read any of the comics or anything like that, I always go and there's like a couple of pages on like YouTube that have like millions and millions of followers. And these guys do these like crazy good breakdowns yeah. of them and stuff. Oh, and like, yeah you know, compare them to the comics and all that. I always go back in and I watch those. And I remember I watched a couple before we went to go see the movie trying to figure out, like, who Gore was, right? And, yeah. like, talking about, like, the Necro sword that he has. Like, it's yeah. supposed to be, like, the most powerful weapon because it was... What was the the super villain like, symbiote guy originally that um, passed that sword down? Yeah, G- I can't uh, remember his name. Zerg yeah. or, or something like something that. Something like that, right? yeah. So whatever. So I thought there was going to be so much like more like history behind like this yeah. is where it came from. This is how we got it. And then, you know, th- I think they said the amount of time that Gore went around killing all of the other gods and stuff like that was like, a super substantial period of time that they just they didn't even talk about any of it. Yeah. Know? It was just kind of like Thor's like, yeah, you know, he's been around killing all the gods. But it's like was taking place over the course of like years. Yeah. Well, um, you know, did you see uh, the one of the Angelina Jolie? Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, Eternals. Eternals. Yeah. yeah Did yeah, you yeah. see that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, and then you saw where they went, and there was like the celestial head. Yeah. Like that. That was supposed to be yeah. Gore that killed him. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I think everyone was thinking that oh, Gore is going to be like a multi movie. Like, yeah. Villain. Like he's going to be know? one of the 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 whole you know cinematic universe villains. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that was like strange that. Yeah. And then they stopped him like fairly easily. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. like, 
they stopped him like with a bunch of kids. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know? so I, I, yeah, <laughs> literally. That part was so funny too, though. It was, when he was it like was giving him funny. the pep talk and yeah. then he like gives him all the powers. Yeah. And they all just go <laughs> fighting into battle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so it, that was a little strange. Again, the whole movie, yeah. super entertaining. Like, I yeah. really enjoyed the movie, but I can understand why people were critical over yeah. those plot line details. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but then, like, dude, I think the best part of the movie, though, was the the Shadow Realm fight. Like, oh, yeah. that was so cool. Yeah, like, just the sure. effects and everything. And how they did everything in, like, black and white there yeah. and stuff. Like, that was, that was pretty yeah. sweet. Where, where it was just, like, the little hints of color, you know, yeah, when they, yeah. where they're using, like, the, the hammers and stuff. It's yeah. Just, it, it, it just made it really impactful. Dude, I'm just so curious, again, getting back to this. Like, I've pretty much liked everything that they've put out so far, like, from, oh, yeah. from a Marvel standpoint. Even that, like, have you watched the, what was it, the, is it Captain Marvel or, or not Captain Marvel? What the hell is the new show that was just out? Oh, um, I don't remember, but I know what you're talking Ms. about. Miss Marvel. Yeah, That Ms. was it, I think. Yeah, we didn't, yeah, we yeah, haven't yeah. watched that. Super yeah. good. Yeah. That's one not to sleep on either, because that yeah. one, uh, I think they kind of put it out, like nobody really knew who she was or anything like yeah. that. And, you know, it's kind of like a real low level, you know, yeah. superhero and stuff like that. But that wound up being a phenomenal show too. Yeah. I'm still really curious, because now they're, they're starting back over again. Like, remember when Marvel Cinematic Universe first came out? It was like Iron Man. Thor, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Captain America, this, that, right? Hulk, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're creating all of the storylines and the characters that they're going to now put into this new feature and how it all built up to, you know, Endgame and all that kind of stuff. How they're talking about that's going to lead up to, like, what is it, the Secret Wars and stuff, I think. They're kind of hyping it up, too. I'm so curious when they start to blend all these characters together how it's going to go. Yeah, I think... I'm I'm think I'm rooting that the the main villain is going to be um, Galactus. Galactus, yeah, I've heard I, that I think as well. so because he's like kind of like a celestial that yeah. kind of went awry kind of thing. So yeah. I'm really feeling like that's where they're going with all this. Yeah. Well, the Kang stuff too is going to be crazy as they start to. Add oh that yeah, in. I mean he's all—he's the overlying, obviously, villain yeah. for all this stuff. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, he's going to be a big part of it for sure. But I, I feel like the Galactus thing is just going to have to happen at some point too. Because the whole celestial being thing, and it's like it's so big now, you know. Yeah. Um. And did you watch What If? So I keep not. I I still haven't. Right, but I need to. They're so long, and like they don't really fit into this. Like obviously, it it leads the way to you know. Obviously, they talked about Evil Strange or Alternative Strange, and then yeah. the the what's her face. Uh, Captain Carter and yeah. stuff like that, like all those other characters, yeah. and the party Thor or whatever, you know. Uh, but oh. I just can't. I that's the only thing that I haven't watched so far in the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Only okay, thing. dude. When in Doctor Strange, when the mouth guy, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, oh my god, blows his brain. That was <laughs> I was like crazy. Oh. Yeah, that whole scene when Wanda went in, it was just fucking. Merc and everybody, yeah, like, cut, that was wild. Cut, cut Captain, Captain Carter, Carter in half, half crushed. What's her face? Ripped apart, freaking fan, Mr. Fantastic and stuff. Yeah, oh god, that scene was that scene was wild. I remember the yeah. theaters. We, Kate and I looked at each other. We're like, what? Yeah. Like yeah. you just like didn't, exp- and then yeah. snapped uh, Doctor Xavius's neck. Remember yeah, I that? Know. I was like brutal. I was so excited brutal. to see him. 
Which I'm hoping that brings like the X Men oh, universe yeah, into yeah, it, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. They, they've hinted guys. at in a couple of the other shows. They've hinted at hinted at like mutants and stuff like yeah. that, you know? Because I think they got the rights from Sony or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Morbius getting to Morbius. I don't know if you saw Morbius or not. not. So Morbius w- was not great from a movie standpoint, <laughs> yeah. obviously. But that was their first. Like he like Morbius is a mutant. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that was their first Marvel Cinematic Universe like mutant yeah. introduction. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for that because I always love the X Men movies, dude. Yeah, we just went back in and we just rewatched all of them, like maybe uh-huh. maybe a month ago or something like really? that. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. They're so good, dude. They were really good. Dude, I like them a lot. Patrick Stewart was like, yeah, perfect for that. He's so Patrick good. Patrick Stewart was who does he play? Uh, uh, Doctor Doctor Xavier. Yeah. Does he play it in the the OG ones or like the newer ones? The OG ones, well, or I guess, yeah, yeah, the ones from like two early. Not 2000. the guy that was in Multiverse of Madness. Is that Patrick Stewart? Yeah. Who's the guy that played Doctor Xavier in the newer in ones? The newer ones. Um, he's, he's from the, Split. Yeah, I f- remember that dude. He oh, played that name. role so fucking good, so good too. I thought. Oh, so good. Him and he's, the guy that played Magneto also I gotta, was I look incredible. Up oh my god. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find his name. Because you gotta find it. Figure it out. Split actor. Because I, I, I should know his name. James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Dude, he he split. That's another one. Like people were like, uh, I don't know, but I was like, that was such a good movie. Like his split acting was in it, so good, so good. And a lot of people didn't like it. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I know it's the. You know, um, what's his name? The the director. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, I know. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and you don't like the weird plot twist at the end, but I was like... There Dude, always it, is such a weird one. Like, I yeah. remember the first time I saw The Village... Remember yeah. that? Dude, I'm what a wild movie, dude. I'm so mad at that because I wanted the like weird creature things to be real. To be super real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she found like, him what was in the woodshed or something like that. Yeah. She was just on this reservation. Yeah. That was so strange because like it was such a massive plot twist at the end of that movie, but like it made everything so not you know what I mean? Like it, it the severity of everything, it reduced yeah. all of it, but it was still so crazy. Like they're just yeah. living on this, they're just trying to live like, yeah. you know, the olden ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that's all it was. But it was like the extent, I think the the big moral of it was like the extent people will go to 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 validate their beliefs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that was kind of the overlying concept yeah. behind a lot of that. Yeah. And then signs, dude. Signs, signs was... I rewatched the other day. We were talking about it at the shop. And, like, we were talking about, like, things that, like, fucked you up as a kid, right, dude? I literally remembered that scene when the alien walks by, like, the, uh, the like, Mexican birthday party, oh, yeah, whatever yeah. the hell it was. Yeah. And we were talking about it, and, dude, I traumatized me as yeah. a kid. And I went back and watched it, uh, so like, maybe, like, uh, two months ago or something like that. And yeah. I sent it to Ella, uh, the girl at the shop I was talking about it with. And I was, like, <laughs> I was, like, facing my childhood traumas. <laughs> Creating new yeah. memories, dude. Or, or like when, dude, when he was like in the cornfield, oh, and yeah, you just yeah, see, yeah. and you could just hear him all coming after him. I was like, oh my god, dude, that movie was that like, movie was really really good. Yeah, like you know, like those horror movies that never really really show what it is, you know, yeah. and like can get, keep you creeped out. I yeah, love yeah, that, yeah. Uh-huh. like where it just doesn't spoil the surprise of what it is. It's yeah. always just like flashes of what it is but you're like oh my god if that was like me oh can you even imagine yeah also real quick before we're done we gotta get back to thor but uh 
Zeus, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole scene was ridiculous, dude. Oh, my God. Him with the Thunderbolt, he's like flipping it around yeah. and doing all these. He's like, oh, you want to borrow this? Yeah. And it's like three minutes of that. And then he's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. And then, like, the, everyone was like giving him shit because of his fake accent or whatever. Yeah. Like, they're like, where did this accent come from? No, everyone and like the directors were just like, we liked it, so dude, he did it. How did it was Russell Crowe? Yeah, right? dude, how did Russell Crowe go from Gladiator to that? I know, dude. He really, he really let himself go. Yeah. <laughs> he really did. I get the dude's like old as fuck. I was now gonna say, stuff, I wonder how old he is. But like, man, he's looking rough. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Okay, he's 58 now. That's Holy it? Holy shit, yeah. I mean, that's old, obviously, but that's not that old. Yeah, I mean, so that makes... He looks like he should be in his, like, 70s. Yeah, but that makes sense. So, like, Gladiator, Gladiator he was, like, mid-30s. Yeah, dude. And he was just ripped. Badass. Shredded, dude, he was such bro. a freaking badass. Yeah, but, dude, when Thor throws the, the bolt through him, he's oh, like... Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it just falls yeah. over I was like, holy shit, man. That was wild. Yeah. That'll be an interesting twist, too, because, like, you know, like, he, that basically all of the gods now are, like, against them, you yeah. know? Because, like, you pissed know. them off there in that end credit scene with Hercules, you know? Yeah. I'm gonna, wild. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with all that. They're opening up so many windows. So you know many. I mean? Like, there's, it's such a massive, like, I, I try to think about sometimes, like, I wish there was, like, <clears throat> like there's just so many comics, right? Like yeah. I feel like I I could easily get into the rabbit hole of like reading those, like figuring out that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah. But like, oh yeah, it's just so much. <laughs> you know, it's so much. Like and you and just it like is. it goes in infinite directions. My problem mm-hmm. with comics has always been there's no like linear way you could just go through it. Yeah. Where it's like we start here, then we go here, then we go here, then we go here. It's like yep. you start here and then you can kind of go this way. And if you go this way, it's like it goes this way, this way, this way. Yeah. It's like a choose your own adventure where there is an infinite amount of possibilities as far as how you could go about reading through all of Oh them. yeah. I mean it's <laughs> most of these characters start in fifties to sixties, you know. Wild. Or before, so, so it's just so many tangents that have happened over the years, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'm 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 excited that they're opening <clears throat> these windows because, like, what the first the first round, I guess, before Endgame. I mean, how many movies were there? There was like, I think there's like twenty. Hmm. It's yeah, somewhere for sure close to twenty. So it's like, how many <laughs> we're gonna get this time? You know? Yeah, it's so wild now. Now starting to slowly shift this back to dogs, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slowly we're slowly, slowly getting we're, there. <laughs> we're shifting it right so it's so wild to me like you know my life is literally all about the entertainment industry you know like like since i've been a kid like it's always mm-hmm. been i really love music movies and video games those were like my three things that mm-hmm. i always immerse myself into right and i'll talk to clients and stuff like that sometimes and it's like they're like, you know, don't you do anything aside from dogs, right? Like, you know, like, because, like, I don't, like, I don't go out, yeah. right? Like, I'm not, like, hanging out with people and hitting the clubs and, like, yeah. doing all these things and stuff like that. Like, I am such an introvert at heart, and I think that's where you get back to, like, some people don't, like, enjoy music and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I feel like because I'm such an introvert, that's why I like those things so much, right? Yeah. I would much rather come home and watch movies 
or listen to music yeah. than go out and do literally anything else. Yeah. Right? Oh, and it same. crushes, it's it's crushed my social skills. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 100%. And that's why I make jokes sometimes, that, like, going to work and training dogs all day, like, I have to force myself to be, like, an extrovert with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it completely exhausts my ability to want to socialize at all, and I want to come home and just sit in silence and do one of those two things. Yeah. That's it. That's all that I ever want to do. You know, I feel that. And that's half the reason why I started getting into golf last year is because like it's my one additional thing (laughs) that forces me to go out and socialize with a really small select group of people that I like. Yeah. And do something that is like (laughs) something different than those two things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel that. Yeah. My I uh, Devin was telling one of our friends the other day she's because, oh, we were at Cedar Point and uh there was like three of us, you know, so it's like one person always had to be not mm-hmm. with the other. So I was like, you two set because you're the antisocial. And she's like, yeah, he's pretty social. But when I hit, it's like, I'll be, hit I'll wall. be social. And I'll, if, yeah. as soon as I hit that wall, it's, it's done. Out. I'm it's like, out. we got to go. Yeah, dude. You know, when I, I, like, I really don't go out and hang out with people like hardly ever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But, but I'm the same way, dude. Like, if I go to something that has more than, like, two people, you know, yeah. and God forbid there's people there that I don't know that I'm forced to, like, make small talk with yeah. and chit-chat with, mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous, dude. Like, I, I, I hit that wall where it's like there's nothing else for me to say. My brain cannot figure out additional things to talk about. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's endless amounts of things that can be discussed. You yeah. know what I mean? And there's, so, I'm sure all these people probably like movies and like music or or whatever, you yeah. know? But, like, I just, like, I can't force myself to talk about it anymore. <laughs> you know? I yeah. just want to leave, you know? Or I used to be notoriously the person that I would go to somebody's house, right? There'd be, we'd be hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. And then I would hit my social wall. And if I was there with somebody else, I would just find the nearest couch and go sit on it and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be the person that I would fall asleep at everybody's house, dude. Really? Everybody's house. If there was a party, I was falling asleep on the couch. Yeah. Like, that's it. This is where I am. Yeah. 100%. That's funny. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about one dog-related topic today. Okay. <laughs> since we just probably burned 30 minutes. Yeah, literally 30 yeah. minutes talking about movies and stuff. <clears throat> it's the random. This truly is the random podcast today. So um, we posted a video the other day. Um, it is of a dog named Ruby. Ruby is like a chihuahua mixed with a mini dachshund or something like that. Like, ton- dude, I think she weighs three to four pounds. I'm oh, pretty sure. Yeah, for one sure. of the. I think I think the smallest dog I've worked with in a long time. Really? Right? Um, she came here when she was 16 weeks old. She started training, so she was like literally this big. You oh know my what I mean? god! Yeah. And it, it's interesting, right? So like we talk about training approaches a lot and we talk about how you know generally speaking we train every dog the same as far as like the mechanics of training and stuff Mm -hmm. right we go through a leash pressure system with them we add some food in we do e-collar training right and they all end in pretty much the same spot where they're enforcing off-leash reliability with the e-collar this that this is a dog we kind of veered from the path with right it was it was one because of size two because of the expectations of the owner and what they wanted out of it she has wonderful owners but they they didn't need much you know Mm -hmm. they needed for the dog to stop having accidents in the house and if anybody here owns a tiny dog right they could probably attest to just how difficult it is to potty train them sometimes right yeah um, they needed to make sure she wasn't barking out the window at everything. She developed a really bad habit of that. And the dog was petrified of walking. Just wouldn't walk, 
right? Literally pancaked herself on the ground, <laughs> and you could slide her around all day long, and yeah. she just wouldn't move, right? Wow. <clears throat> so because those were the major issues, right, this is the first dog in a long time. We didn't even use an e-collar, right? We tried to avoid using a prong collar even initially, but her leash walking was so bad that we, <laughs> there was just, like, not another option. It's funny. When Jeff yeah. Gellman did the podcast with us, I talked about this dog where the first three sessions were trying to get her to move, and she just yeah. wouldn't move. And then session three, we used a prong collar. We gave a couple of, like, really firm leash pops to get her to start moving, and, like, that, like, basically solved the issue like that, right? Yeah. So... <clears throat> I think it's important. I was talking with, with Michelle about this the other day, right? I, I shadowed one of her lessons. I watched uh, one of the lessons. And she was working with this, like, white shepherd mix thing, right? And, you know, I was watching her coach the client through things. And he was it was, a, it was a final session, right? And everything looked great, right? He was super freaking happy. And I noticed, like, she was letting a bunch of little things slide, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like how he was enforcing his leash walking or, or, or how he was giving some commands and this and that. And, you know, after the, the session, she's like, did you have any notes on that? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I wanted to tell you, like, I noticed that you weren't being overly nitpicky with him about things. And and I was like, that was phenomenal. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she was isolating the thing that he really cared about. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The things that really mattered. Right. Mm-hmm. He was enforcing a perfectly fine, loose lead heel. And will that maybe deteriorate a little bit as he gets further along? Sure. But he could always get it back to where it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, his corrections he was giving when he was enforcing his come command, like they were doing like yeah. off leash recalls and stuff with him. Okay. He was a little sloppy with how he was giving his no mark and giving his tap and stuff. But guess what? The dog clearly understood that e collar tap meaning come to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And we could spend so much time sometimes trying to turn these owners into dog trainers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it just wasn't necessary. You yeah. know what I mean? And sometimes you get in your head too much about the dog needs to be at X point that you don't focus on what does the client actually want right now, Yeah. right? And you wind up creating so much more frustration and stress because you're constantly telling the client, like, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong with things that sometimes in the client's head, they're like, it literally is fine. You know what I mean? Like, to them, some of these details are just okay. They're not a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And sure, could it be tighter to our standards? But Yes, but it's already good enough for their standards, mm-hmm. right? And I talk about this with clients all the time. Like, you know, there's dogs I'll work with and do one-on-ones with that to my standards, like this dog is not well-behaved, right? Yeah. Like whether that's their behavior in the house, whether that's their behavior out on the walk, whatever it may be. And and I'm like, yo, like you need to like, you know, you need to tighten this up. Or I used to be like really strict on them over those types of things, right? And then I started realizing that you know, and I think I had this realization like, like it was like four years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I started realizing that not everybody wants to be, not everybody wants to enforce this stuff or live the type of life that we live with our dogs. You know what I mean? Mm. These people have one pain point that they want to be able to look at and they want to be able to address, obviously. And past that, all those other little details, I could make them do it perfectly all day long in sessions, but they're just not going to do those things at home. Yeah. Right. So I appreciated that she was isolating the things that this guy really cared about. And that was the approach that I took with this dog. Right. Is is we sat there and every week the dog came in. Right. Honestly, like our first half of the session typically was talking about their problematic behaviors, which kind of goes hand in hand with what we do with most of our clients and one on ones. Right. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and we sat down and we're like, all right, cool. Like these are, you know, at the beginning of the, the first session, we made like our list of these are the problems that he's having. These are the things that he's looking to address. And again, most of them were those general puppy related things, not so much obedience related things. Right. So each week we discussed the progress of those things. We discussed where they went wrong. We made adjustments for him to make. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we ultimately got past a lot of those things. And with this dog, the potty training was really difficult because it's, he's got like a larger family. He's got kids and a wife and I think a okay. nanny that helps with the dog and stuff like that. Yeah. So there was just like so much inconsistency everywhere that every mm-hmm. week it was just like problem solving and implementing new solutions. And then it's like, all right, we got a little bit of progress and then we had to make a couple more adjustments and we got a little more progress until we finally got to a place where like everything was great. You know, mm-hmm. potty training was under control then at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then from the obedience standpoint, again, it's a four pound dog. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. dog is not, the dog does not need to be fully off leash trained mm-hmm. and be doing all these crazy commands and stuff like that. Right. Is it cool when little dogs do those things? Yes. But we wanted the dog to just be confident, well-mannered and, um, have some baseline communication to be able to help the dog through situations as needed. Mm-hmm. So we just did leash training, right? We did some bed stays. We did some come commands. We did a lot of food work. We worked on developing food drive and stuff like that. Um, and it wound up working out so well, dude, like the, they were so happy by the end of the program. And yeah. again, for any other dog, the, the end point that we got to with this, like, I would be like, Oh my God, we have so much more work to do, but yeah. we met the immediate goals of the client. You know, and we focused on the things that really mattered. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing that a lot of trainers need to continue to look at as they're working with their clients. That makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, I I always thought about it when we were working way back in the day. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, a generalized approach to training is is good. But I think, like you said, it, it... more fine tuning what they actually need mm-hmm. rather than thinking, Oh, we can make these people like blown, you know, full blown mini trainers, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, we're never going to get you there because it's, it's not your job. It's not your daily thing, but you know, these are the things that you need to work on or your dog needs to work on at home, mm-hmm. you know, and this is your goal. I think really fine tuning those couple things um, for these people is probably just, exponentially better for them in the end it's it's so much more beneficial for them yeah. you know and, th- and that's why like you know my favorite part of my lessons you know as we've been doing more of these vlogs and especially i've been doing a lot more lessons lately than i was before yeah we're filming so much more content and it's so interesting mm-hmm. like as Paige is editing them like the first 15 minutes of the lesson is always the most important because it's mm-hmm. when we're not working with the dog it's when we're communicating with the owner yeah you know and we touch base each week what were you having issues with in the yeah. last week and that's the biggest thing I want to know. I don't want, and this goes for board and trains or one-on-ones, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want people to come in every week and be like, this went so great and this <laughs> went so great yeah. and this went so great. Like, I'm happy, you know, like that makes me feel good, obviously, yeah. but that's not going to help you get to the next level, right? Yeah. We have to look at what did not go well. Yeah, what's the problem? Right? Where were your points of contention with the dog? Where were your biggest stresses you had in the last week with the dog? And we have to only look at those thing and things and isolate those things to improve on the problem, right? Yep. And we do that week by week with people. And, and then, you know, it's funny. We do the first 15 minutes of it. And then usually the rest of the lesson is pretty boring, you know, because, yeah, we're teaching something new or we're proofing a command or mm-hmm. something like that. But the information we gave them in those first 15 minutes, as far as the major adjustments to address the behavioral issues that they were having, that's where all the magic happens. Yep. You know what I mean? That's what 
determines if they're going to be successful or not with the dog, mm-hmm. you know, or the last 10 minutes of the lesson where we recap all of those things again, you know, mm-hmm. from there you could work your bed stays all day long and work your down stays all day long and your mm-hmm. come commands all day long. But those aren't usually the problems. Those are yep. important things for the dog to know, but all that other information is what they really need to focus on. Yeah. You know, again, the age old saying of the training is for the owner, not for the dog. Yeah. Right. And the, <clears throat> like they said in the Chaco podcast I was talking about, uh, failure is where the lessons are learned. Dude, that's it. It's, it's, again, it equates to life. It equates to dogs. It equates to, to business. That uh, Hormozy guy I was telling you about, another mm-hmm. thing that uh, he pointed out is like, you know, like if you want to be exceptional at the work that you're doing, right, if you want your business to, to grow two times bigger than it is, three times bigger than it is, he's like, you should regularly, whether it's every quarter, whether it's every half, something like that, you should regularly take every service that you offer and you should get out a notebook and you should literally write down ab- from the first time you ever talk to the client to the completion of the program, right, or the completion of the service or thing that you're selling them, you should write down absolutely any nitpicky little issue that ever can be experienced by the client throughout that, right? Mm -hmm. And you should write out every single one of them in as much detail as you can, and then you just go through and you just start picking at it, Mm. right? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so interesting, right? Like again, all this stuff is such common sense, but it's like, yeah. we should be looking at that with our dogs as well, right? What are, if we want to, you know, if we're having a problem and we want to move it to the next level, we mm-hmm. should look at what are all of the issues I'm having currently and how could I isolate those things one at a time and incrementally improve my relationship with my dog by addressing yeah. those problems, you know? Or if you have a business, if you're a dog trainer, right? What are every single problem that I hear from clients or experience working with clients and how do I address those things one at a time to make it mm. a better experience for the client, for the dog and for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's important life lessons. Yeah. That taking your <clears throat> your growths and and like really learning of what why why did that happen or mm-hmm. why am I not getting growth at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like you said I like that. I'm, I'm going to have to start doing that too, actually. Like I started that, doing it the other day. Yeah, that nitpicky you know? thing. That's that's good. You know, you just have to be aware of this. You know, and I think this is, we're bouncing all over the place here right now, guys. This <laughs> Sorry, is truly everyone. a random podcast. <laughs> this is for owners. This is for trainers. This is for people that like movies and music. This is for everybody, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's so interesting, right? Because like, you know, the worst, he was talking about the stages of companies, right? That stages will people will go through. And as you achieve that first like real level of success as a business, he's like, a lot of people fall into that trap of they feel like they're on top of the world, right? And they get complacent, right? And when you get complacent and you're not critical of your work or mm. how to take yourself to the next level, that's when everybody else swoops in and steals the success that you got, right? Yeah. So by being able yeah. to regularly open up your mind, look at what you're creating or what you're doing, whether it's training your dog, whether it's training your clients, whether it's building your business, whether it's personal development and stuff Mm -hmm. like that by being regularly critical of what is not going well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What can be better still? Yeah. You'll make sure you never fall into that rut and you'll keep growing, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, getting to, you know, I like watching movies and I like listening to music, you know, but I also like reading and watching YouTube videos and stuff like that in like Mm -hmm. an instructional way. And I try to, you know, digest as much of that kind of stuff as possible too. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to fall into that trap. 
I see yeah. it with trainers all the time, you know, is they offer the same service forever and there's no thought to how can we make this better ever. Mm-hmm. You know, you hit a point and it's like, this has worked for so long and yeah. it's just going to keep working. And, yeah, it, and, yeah. and it's, you know, again, then somebody comes in and does it better because they're constantly innovating, adjusting, you know, and then mm-hmm. you, you can't do anything about it. No. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Couldn't send it better myself. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything else? No, not really. Guys, this is a random one. We're ending it on that. Okay. 45 minutes of BS in here. Um, <laughs> well, we're, so, so we got a couple exciting things coming up here, right? So, um, you know, obviously we have the big podcast we do every now and then where we have like a really intense subject we want to break down and talk about. Yeah. We got the random ones where you just hear us ramble on about different things going on in the world, obviously. Um, we have uh, a guest that's going to be uh, coming on here soon. That's a pretty big guest. It's going to be a cool one. It'll be another virtual guest. Uh, and then we also have, I made a blog post the other day on like developing food drive and stuff with your dogs. Um, we'll probably break that post down um, on the next podcast uh, and discuss those things a little bit as well. Um, in the meantime, definitely go ahead and check that out. You know, food drive is obviously so important with dogs when you're going through the training process. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people struggle with dogs that are just not food driven, right? Or mm-hmm. they don't think the dog is food driven and they have no idea how to go about combating that. Yeah. So we really broke down like this is a step-by-step process of how you can go about fixing your dog's relationship with food. Ooh. <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, obviously get them to the next level with it. Cool. So. Until awesome. then, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. I feel, dude, the voice is feeling rough. Like, yeah. it sounds okay still. It's a little scratchy. Yeah. But, like, it, it's, I feel it. Feel the strain. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel the strain, and it just feels so, like. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right there, huh? So, I'm going to stop talking for a little bit. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys. All right, guys. <laughs>